I want to welcome back, as I mentioned earlier, our online community, uh, YouTube, Facebook, um, and Kingfisher, our, our local radio station, Christian radio station, who have for years broadcast our messages um, on Sunday. And the number of people who've connected, actually remarkable, who found the link again. So would you please, in person, welcome everybody online. And if you're at home, you could clap too. We've been in a series I've titled The Butterfly Effect. It comes from the premise of chaos theory that small things can have big effects, big consequences. You know, very often life is defined as that term, you know, go big or... Yeah, yeah. I heard, of, I heard of a, vari- a variation on that, on go big or go home, but I heard someone say go big or go broke. Now, I don't, I don't think that's a good alternative, but the, there is an idea floating around that, you know, only do something if it's a big thing, only do something if it's a brave thing, only do something on scale, like let it be. A, but let me just tell you, don't let that deceive you into thinking that small things don't count, because the Bible says some significant and supernatural things start in small ways. A little seed sown in the ground could be all it takes to start a whole new life. And if you're just waiting for big, there's something big has to happen. You may be waiting unnecessarily, not knowing there's something small that's already in your hand that you can already do stuff in your pocket, in your heart, in your mind, a thing that you could just start somewhere and with enough continuity, consistency in trusting in God, something big and supernatural could happen. Can you say amen to that? And so that's been the premise of this conversation. Just look at small stuff in the Bible that makes significant difference. Today, I want to talk to you about God's small, still voice. I think it's important to recognize that one of the objectives of the world is to be so loud that you can't hear God. In fact, it's become so loud and cluttered out there that it is almost impossible to be still and know that He is God. You're always being instructed that there is something more you've got to do, and if you don't, you're going to fall behind. You've got to get into crypto or out of it. You've got to get into carnivore or out of it. You've got to stop eating carbs or only eat carbs. You've got to run until you faint. When you get to 50, you must burn your treadmill. There's just this... All of those things are apparently a thing. I don't think they're all a thing, but they're a thing. And if you don't switch off certain things and be aware that the sto- small still, I think I'm going to say that a lot today, the small still voice of the Lord has been talking all the time. You didn't have to find him. You just had to switch off everything else long enough to hear him and let his whisper speak into your heart. I am grateful not for the big moves. I'm grateful for the whispers that have come from heaven that have shaped my life. The big moves are now and then, but the whispers are every day. And that's the difference. There is something important about recognizing that and figuring out how to journey with it. In 1 Samuel, there's this well-known story in the Bible where a prophet is going to look for a king and he goes to the household that David is part of uh, and he's been instructed by God, go and there you will find the future king of Israel and anoint him with oil and let it be known that God has chosen this person. So I want to, uh, you know, it's a big story, but I want to take something very practical and, and applicable for everyday life out of that thread. 1 Samuel 16 from the NIV says, But the Lord said to Samuel, 
Do not consider his appearance or his height. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I'm just going to pause there for a moment. I just, this is such a meaningful verse to me, especially in the King James. In the King James, it says, some are tall and handsome, but God has not chosen them. And for somebody who's short out of that text, I, I, I am grateful. So, so here's the thing, uh, for I have rejected, in fact, them. Uh, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We have too many people with vibe and no heart. And we need to restore the heart because it runs longer than vibe. Vibe has an age limit to it, but heart goes from strength to strength. Can you say amen to that? I think... So, so, so uh, in um, verse 8, Jesse uh, calls his sons, and here's a bit of the story. I didn't do the whole chapter, but when you get home, you could consider reading it. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these and he asked Jesse, are there any other sons you have? Well, there is still the short one. I mean, the, the young one, Jesse answered, he's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance, handsome features. And... <laughs> Are you amening your future husband there? What? I don't know what's going on there. Like, that seemed awkward. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. You know that idea that when people say you were glowing? Do you know that that comes from this verse in the Bible? That when David walked in the room, there was something about the man. Although he was just tending sheep and other people didn't see it, when he walked in the room, uh, the, the prophet Samuel said, I don't know exactly who it is, but when I see it, I'll know it. And I'm going to be in the room. We won't even sit down. I don't want to be lazy in this moment. I want to be attentive and observant in this moment. When he walks in, I don't want to be relaxing. I want to be concentrating when he walks in. I'll know who it is. Now, you might think, that's, I mean, you're not going to do that today. It's unlikely that you're going to go to somebody's house and say, line up your kids. I want to pick a king. That's not going to happen. But I'll tell you what I do find fascinating about the small, still voice. God talks to us through storytelling. He doesn't give us instruct, complete instructions. He gives us a journey to go on. And when you're on the journey, the instruction clarifies itself. And here's a prophet, a big thing in the Bible, a well-known prophet, about to do a very big thing, appoint a king, and God didn't give him the name. He had to get there, be in the room, discern for himself what looks the part and doesn't look the part, read his internal mechanisms of faith, and in the right moment, he say, oh no, that's the one. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes why that is. I wonder why it is that God doesn't give us the details but he instead takes us on a journey and in the journey, the details unfold. And I think perhaps it could be that to God, the pleasure of the journey is more important to him than the answer to your question is even to you.
I want to go somewhere with you, and I want you to go somewhere with me. Follow my still, small voice. And you know, so many people just waiting for big things. Oh man, it drives me crazy. Go to do a big thing. What's the, what's the big thing you're doing this week? People have taken to asking that question. What's the big thing you're doing this week? My big thing to do every week now is to quieten things down enough to hear the small, still voice of the Lord. In fact, about a journey, there is a deception going on in the world these days. We're all being pushed to go and watch other, people's, other people live their journey online while you sit on the same couch every day of your life without making any effort on a journey to see God unfold anything. All you're doing is an observer of other people's stories, but not a maker of your own and not allowing the author to author something, a new chapter, to perfect something something, to add a story, to take you a place. All you're doing is just scrolling through other people's stories and not writing your own. And that is unacceptable. I've even told some of my friends, can I say something a little bit like, it's, can I just lean in and then move on? I'm going to lean in, tell us, I'm going to lean in and move on. I've even told stop sending me shorts from other preachers. Don't be telling me what Elevation's building and what T.T. Jakes is building. I want to know what we're going to build. What's our story? I, if you've seen it, I saw it. If you've sent it, I've sent it. I watched T.T. Jakes before T.T. Jakes preaches it. I watched Fertig before Fertig preaches it. Sometimes because I watch T.T. Jakes, I don't need to watch Fertig. <laughs> Separate story. Separate work. Is that sunny here in the house? That's why the whole place is brighter today. Welcome, welcome home, Sunny. You know, there's an importance in recognizing, you just have to be very, very careful that we are not just spectators of other people's stories, not realizing we have been called for a time such as this to write a story, tell a story, participate in a story, and God wants to journey with us. That's how you hear the voice of God. You hear it. Active, not passive. Active, not passive. You've got to be moving. And somewhere in the moving, you'll hear and see the moment. And I love that even such a big man in the Bible, Samuel, didn't know the name of the king he was going to appoint, David. But he knew when I see him, I'll know. There'll be a something on it. When I see the next move, I'll know there'll be a something on it. It'll make sense in that moment. Luke chapter 8, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he had said this, he called out and said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Isn't it interesting that even in a parable where Jesus tells a story about a journey, the journey and the parable is about a farmer sowing seeds. He says, I've told you the story, but have you heard the message? Yeah. He who has ears, let him hear. You know, so often we hear the story, but not the message. And I think sometimes there's something really powerful about that, to have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying. It's a missing ingredient because the Bible has a lot to say about ears, by the way. Everything from people chopping them off to, I had to bring that in somehow, poor, poor guy. I feel bad for him. I hope he's saved. I'd like to see, so I'd like to speak to him. But everything from, from, from ears being chopped off to uh, the Bible describing itchy ears, people who only want to hear certain things and then they, they don't want to hear other things, they get offended, to dull of hearing, a deafened ear, um, to 
the church in, Ro- in Revelation, uh, he who has an ear, let him hear, and I will light the lamp and bring light to your city. Ears play a big role. John chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 10, and then I, I really do have three points. I'm very excited about the rain that is happening right now. We should, we should stay in church until the rain pauses. <laughs> Just for your hair's sake, I think. I mean, you had that thought, didn't you? Let me tell you how much of a pathetic gardener I am, a a gardener of fruit trees, knowing that the rains were coming. Guess what I did yesterday? What every good gardener does. I went and bought fertilizers and I sprinkled them on the grass this morning in the rain. Thank you, Jesus. One man sows, another man waters. God gives the increase. You're laughing at me, but there's so many people. There's got lots of water, but no seeds in the ground. John chapter 10, I'm just saying... I really do need to calm down. I'm not preaching tonight. Figo is, and I think like Vince, I've put everything into one message. I'm just going to let it out. John 10, 10. If anyone uh, who, anyone, rather, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Can I just pause for a moment there? A lot of people seem to think that he's talking about you and our sheep. That sheep must enter through the sheep pen. But actually that passage of scripture is different. It's talking about himself as the gatekeeper. And he's saying, if any other preacher, any other shepherd, any other religious leader wants to come for the sheep, but does not do so by bringing Jesus Christ to the fore, that guy's a thief and a robber. And in a world in which Jesus is becoming talked about less and less, and life skills Uh, And personal coaching is becoming talked about more and more. Be careful, those are thieves and robbers. Jesus did not call us to establish the kingdom of life coaching. He has called us to establish the kingdom of God. And there's something powerful about recognizing that. John chapter 10 verse 2 says, uh, He who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his... That's our part. The right shepherd comes in through the gate of Jesus and the sheep hears. Now, quick story, and then I'm going to talk to you about the author and the whisperer. I'm going to tell you three ways, three types of language God uses to talk to us. Funny story. uh, um, Sometime in October, I'm going to Cyprus um, for a couple of weeks, and uh, I will try not to post too many photos about like tanning in the Mediterranean. I do feel that's a bit rude. But, but I am also preaching. Can you believe this? I'm preaching in Brussels, in Belgium. I'm in the middle of that. Yeah, right there in the city with the United Nations. I'm going to preach a message about nations united under Christ. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. Maximum expected temperature is seven. So you can pray for me. Um, but I am looking forward to that. But many, many years ago, my grandparents used to keep uh, goats. Not the industrial ones we have here. No, seriously, we have industrial goats here. Let me tell you, I, they, they are this big. They got their own beard and their own earrings. I don't talk to the goats in South Africa. If you are from a certain place, you know what I'm talking about. I once went to a warmer township and I was at a meeting there with uh, some uh, um, collection of uh, um, uh, uh, preschool teachers and this goat sat on my car. I came out, I was like, what? and it's the size of a horse. 
It's the size of a horse, that thing. Well, to me. <laughs> yeah. Got you there. Uh, my, my parents, my grandparents used to keep goats. They don't really keep sheep. They're uh, harder to keep on the islands than goats. Uh, but here's the thing. She bragged, my gran, she'd take them, she'd climb on a donkey, I'll never forget, climb on a donkey, get them all out, the pens, and take them to the fields to eat, and then bring them back. And everything in the, in the, on the entire island, uh, there's no greenery up to about one and a half meters, because that's what the goats can reach. And if it's green, it's gone. Stuff you wear, if it's green, it's gone. If you are holding a green phone, it's gone. If, they don't know, they just consume. And I'll, I'll never forget that she, she put a cowbell on the main one and she said she had a little thing if she said this or that and tapped a stick, they came back. I think she said that just to make herself feel better. Because we took them down a thing and another thing and we landed up at some field, but a neighbor's field's wheat was ready for harvest. And they just tore in there. And she did all her things. She tapped the stick and hit the cowbell and whispered the thing. Those goats didn't even look back. They didn't even, it was like she was a stranger to them. She had never met them before. And I said to her, what are we going to do? She said, what we're going to do is get some money and go pay the farmer. That's what we're going to do because goats don't listen. Unmanageable. You can read a scripture and tap a stick and, but goats don't listen. My sheep hear my voice. And that's what separates, anyway. Okay, gone too far. The author, I can tell, I can tell, let's, you're done. The author and the whisper. Hebrews chapter 12, and then we do three things, and by 10 past, we're good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily enslaves, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Here's the word author and perfecter of our faith. I love that the way God describes his relationship, one of the ways God describes his relationship with us is author. It is a book unfinished until he finishes it. It's a story still being written. Wait for him to finish it. I have chapters in my life right now whose finish I can't work out. But he will. I'm not sure how that chapter is going to end. Right now it's messy. Right now it's broken. Right now it's incomplete. But I will wait for him, my author and finisher. And he will conclude every chapter and the final story of the book in a way that glorifies him and meets every need in my heart that has been surrendered to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher. You have to hear the small, still voice penning the next sentence in your life. There are three things, three kinds of language, I guess, that I think we all need, spiritually speaking. Firstly, we need to hear God for just plain information. Isaiah 30 from the NIV says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. What I mean by that is, it doesn't matter what decision you make, left or right, while you're 
going down that road, you're still going to need to hear the voice of God whispering in your heart. Sometimes people say, does God want me to do that or not? You know, my instinct is to say, pray about it and follow what you feel the Lord is saying. But don't stop asking the question of, Lord, what must I do? Just because you made one decision, the first one. Should we marry? Shouldn't we marry? Should we start a business? Shouldn't we start a business? Those are the big deal moments. But once you've got a direction, don't stop asking for the information. Lord, having started the business, how shall I start it? Where should I set it up? What should its culture be? What should its content be? A little whisper while I'm walking to the left or the right. Some people, they leave God behind at the intersection of the big decision, but they fail at the intersection of the little decisions. Even while you're walking, I'll hear his voice. Left or right, keep following the path. Now you're married, how do you honor God? How do you build a house? Not only say, Lord, bless this house on a plaque, but Lord, bless this house in our hearts. Lord, bless this house in our practice. How are you going to change the culture of heritage in your life when that culture collides with Christianity and one must surrender to the other? I am not primarily first, although I am certainly by observation a Cypriot Greek. You can tell. I'm also, I, I, I'm, I'm also male. Yeah, I think you can tell. And, and I'm Christian. But the thing I identify as primarily is that I'm a child of God, born again through the blood of Jesus Christ and by acceptance of his finished work for my incomplete effort. And I identify first and foremost as a believer and member of the household of God. That's my identity. And I think it's important for us to be able to clarify that. We need continuous information. Secondly, sometimes we just need instruction. Lord, just tell me what to do. Sometimes instruction, it, it means some of the decision-making process should be taken out of our hands and left in God's hands. It comes down to the basics of the why question. Sometimes I don't need to always know why. I just need to follow instructions. Let me tell you, personally, every time I don't follow instructions and do things my own way, I mess it up. <laughs> I'm telling you all the weird stories. How are we doing on time? Two more minutes. Years ago, I think Graham is here. Graham, Graham will know about this because he was involved. Maybe 10 years ago, I'm taking you back, Graham. You're welcome to amen if you can remember this story. I bought tiles from his tiling business and I tiled the bathroom a few years ago. And then I wanted to get the grout off and he said to me, listen, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, I don't know what it is, you know, when you clean it. He said, look, take this product and just dilute it. George, dilute it. I said, he said, I said to him, what is this? He said, it was a type of acid and then you, you just, I think it's called grout off or grout something. And you clean it off. I thought, thanks very much, Graham, for your advice. I got hydrochloric acid. I went stronger. I'm going to do better. I didn't dilute it. <clears throat> I, I'm coughing now thinking about the story because that's how much of the oxygen I sucked out of the room that day. And I took it. And I cleaned down that bathroom and I washed it down with a hose but all my silver taps, I don't know if you remember, got little black marks all over it. So I went to him, I said, Graham, I don't know what's happened, but these taps, they're very poor quality. <laughs> he said, George, did you dilute? <sighs> See, now our relationship is at an intersection. <laughs> 
I have a lot of things now I have to tell the guy. I didn't take your advice. I didn't use your product. I didn't dilute it. And I messed up. I said to him, is there anything we can do? He said, absolutely. You buy new taps. <laughs> How many times have you put your relationship with the Lord at an intersection? How many times have you put your relationship with the Lord at a place where you didn't use his product, you didn't do it in his ratio, you didn't follow his instruction, and now what you're going to do is you're going to buy a new something something because that's not going to work like that no more. I don't know why I said no more. It's not going to work like that anymore. <laughs> Some of you just need instruction. There's no why. Just do it. Please just do it. I am as one appealing to you. Please just do a prayer prayer. Please just stop drinking if it breaks you. Come to church. Please just do it. Don't make me bry another thing to get you here. Just do it. Because <laughs> people said, ah. you know, I did feel like that. I'm concluding with my final one. Sometimes we need inspiration. My final point. I'm going to take us to 10, 15. Is that okay? I think that's the only way to. Um, many of you already know. I wish I'd had the time to put this up, but I might put it on my Instagram. Please follow me on Instagram because it makes me feel better. And... <laughs> If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. That also makes us all feel better. Um, that'd be great. But I have this long story a journey with pigeons, or, you know, I have been calling them rats with wings. But they're not. They are God's creatures. I get it. They're beautiful. They're important somewhere. And I've had this long journey of trying to get rid of them, and they seem to follow me around. I kid you not. And one of the things in my house is I have a huge window, and behind that window, outside, I planted one of my favorite trees, a maple tree, a liquid amber maple tree, because it goes orange in autumn, loses leaves in winter and in spring it shoots and it's beautiful and it's the, like a painting. I deliberately planted the tree even before I had the window. And then when I cut the window in, it was just perfect. Well, last night was traumatizing for me. I was traumatized. Six pigeons, three pears, sitting on those branches, one meter from me having dinner, shivering in the rain. Just looking in. It's not right. What's going on there is not right. So this afternoon, my DIY project is to make box nests. <sighs> I am not prepared to go through dinner with six pigeons watching me eat. I'm not, I am not doing that. I will post that photo. You don't believe me. I sent it to Kieran already. I sent it, I sent it to Kieran and I said, at this point, this is just becoming, this is just rude at this point. Because next week there's going to be little chicks coming out of a nest also standing there staring at me. And I'm in no mood for that kind of pressure in my life. Sort it out. <coughs> Maybe you just need to address, deal with, confront, make peace with, or make boxes for whatever you need to make boxes for and get it done. I'm concluding with this verse. It gets abused so much, this poor verse. It gets abused just because the people don't read the last verse. 1 Corinthians 2. People, people like a mystery. Oh, it's a mystery and it's a mystery. And all God came to do was to demystify. So, oh, the mysteries of heaven and the mysteries of marriage and the mysteries of can it be fathomed? Yes. 1 Corinthians 2. 
but we uh, speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hold your horses. I know you want to highlight this moment. You see, it is a mystery. The mystery, comma, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory, comma, not yet at a full stop, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known what we know, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear uh, um, heard, nor has entered into the heart of those men the things which God has prepared for those who love him as. But God has revealed these mysteries to us through the Spirit. You, keep, you put yourself in the wrong men. This verse is describing that those men who didn't understand who he was and then crucified him, had they understood who he was, wouldn't have crucified it. But it was a mystery to those men out there in the world. But to us, the people of God, the family of God, the life of God, we know who he is. We know what he came to do. We know who, what he has accomplished. And not only that, we have the Spirit revealing all truth, exposing us to those mysteries and setting our lives forward in a world designed by God. I out there has not seen, ear out there has not heard. The heart of man could not conceive it, but we, our eyes see, our ears hear, our hearts can conceive because the Holy Spirit has taught us these things. Can you say amen to that? Would you please stand with me? As we uh, wrap up this morning, Figo's preaching tonight, really consider double dipping. I, I, I'm coming. I can't wait to be here. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I think we have the highest online attendance of church like ever. So uh, welcome to church, everybody. The people up front here are here. They prepared prayed up, ready to serve you. They've got tissues here and a box of chocolates and all kinds of cards and things. But their goal is to pray for anyone who would like a prayer about anything you would like prayer about. Communion is available on either side every Sunday. And someday I'll talk to you about why we do it that way. Because people do ask and there's a good reason for it. But I encourage you to take advantage of it, make the most of your church life. And then I'm going to conclude in a prayer. And I'm going to invite you to stick around and make some friends. Go to Warehouse One. And if you want to buy some stuff, then come back inside and sit in here. Please do that. Uh, absolutely. Because obviously outside is, is, is it's wet. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for the still small voice from heaven. Teach us not to despise small things and not to wait for big things things, big thunder bolts, uh, thunder, uh, lightning bolts and thunder strikes before we'll move. Sometimes it's just a whisper from heaven that moves our hearts and our hands in the right direction. Would you please teach us to acknowledge that value and clear out and make attentive our ears so we may hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Would you make us spiritual in that regard? And since I've already broken the rules um, time-wise, I'm going to be mischievous. And with your eyes closed, I want to invite you, if you're here today and you're not in a right relationship with God or you're not in a relationship with God at all, I want to offer you the opportunity to just pray a prayer. All that will happen is I'll invite you to take an action because I think actions are important to match our decisions. And that action will be to raise your hand. Then I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite you to whisper it 
to yourself by following me. And thirdly, if you would like a free Bible uh, or you would like more information, you're welcome to come to us and we will here in front and we will give that to you. So that, that's the three-part step we're going to take this morning. So if you're here and you're not in a good space with God or you don't have a relation with God at all, but you'd like to start that journey, the new page of a new book, a new chapter, the author is beginning with you today. I'd like you to raise your hand and say, hey, George, will you pray uh, for me today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just need to thank you. I do see uh, several hands raised uh, um, all over. I'm going to pray this prayer, just a sentence or two, and I invite you to pray it to yourself or whisper it or out loud if you'd like. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for introducing yourself to me today. Please forgive me for ignoring you, going my own way, or even sinning against you. I invite you to take the lead, to become my Lord and Saviour, the Master and Commander, the CEO, the first of all of my life. Will you please guide me into what it looks like to be born again and live a new life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving for that prayer and those who prayed it? I'd like to thank you all for choosing to be here today. Please don't rush off. I'd love to say hello to you at Warehouse One. Thank you and God bless you.